Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Just to give you a heads up, one of us is bound to say something not suitable for little ears. It is, after all, the one hour a day I spend away from my children. Welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, September 16th, the makeup-obsessed toddler edition. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom to three littles, Henry, who's nine, Oliver, who's seven, and Teddy, who's four, and we live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And I'm Eamon Ismail. I have one little. His name is Musa. He's three months old today. He's a lot of work. He's hitting that peak where he's like really interested in the world. So that means I'm drinking the same cup of coffee that I poured this morning. So <laughs> yay that. That is that is the most relatable, <laughs> like the, the cold coffee. Well, Jamila had something come up last minute. So instead, I have coerced my best friend slash sister mom slash basically co-parent, Michaela Smith, who is joining us. So Michaela, will you introduce yourself? Yeah, definitely. Thanks so much. My name is Michaela Smith. I live just one mile from Elizabeth, (laughs) thankfully. I have three littles just like hers. I have a nine-year-old, Asher's nine, William is seven, and Adeline, my precocious little three-year-old, is keeping me very busy. In a previous life, I was a third and fourth grade teacher and have a master's degree in English as a second language. I worked in high-need schools, but now I am full-time homeschooling. That's amazing. And Michaela is my... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my like go-to um we were just talking before the show too that she has two siblings but they are like what'd you say a 14 year age gap between you and the youngest and so she's always like well i haven't done this with my kids but <laughs> but i remember my siblings so a, a wealth a wealth of knowledge and we're so glad and thank you so much that you could pop in for today On today's show, we are answering a listener question from a parent who wonders if her four-year-old's current obsession with makeup is a normal phase or if she should be a little concerned about this new development. Then we'll give some advice to a listener whose daughter is struggling with some separation anxiety. What can she do to better support her daughter through these difficult feelings? And on Slate Plus, the weather is cooling, the leaves are changing, Halloween decorations are coming out. It's almost officially fall. So we're going to talk about some of our favorite fall-related activities activities. But first, we're going to kick off the show with our typical triumphs and fails. Amon, do you have a triumph or fail for us this week? Can I give you both a triumph and a fail? That's my favorite situation. Okay. So the triumph was we did our first domestic flight with Musa. Just a couple days ago, we got on a plane with a two-month-old and we flew all the way to Kentucky so that we can spend some time with his mom's side of the family. It's been amazing. The extra help is divine. I'm getting the best sleep of my life, it feels like. And it was the most nerve-wracking up until the point where we got on the plane. We went online. We looked up all this information. We got all these this advice. Somebody recommended getting a bassinet seat. I go to the front uh, of where the, the hostess is. I'm like, is there a bassinet seat? She's like, no, what is that? I don't even know what that is. I'm like, okay, we're going to be fine. Uh, Somebody told me to start the feeding as soon as we start ascending so that his ears don't pop. 
he was like asleep and I wasn't going to wake him up. It was just so weird, but everybody was so accommodating. It worked out. He didn't even cry once. The pilot actually came and said, hey, you did actually a lot better than some of the passengers yeah. today. So congratulations. <laughs> That's good. And it was easy. It was really, really easy. We were actually really worried about how we we're going to get him from the airport to the, their house. And we had looked up like trying to buy a new car seat and how we were going to install it in somebody else's car. And we had no idea that the one that we had just buckles in. So that was a huge relief. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like as a parent, I'm always looking for like this. the device or the thing that I can buy that'll make my life easier. But it just clicks in. It's fine. So that was a huge success, huge weight off my mind. If I had to say fail, we only brought so many diapers and we already brought so many wipes. We were thinking there's no way he's going to blow past through these. But on the airplane, he pooped like every 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. And every single one of those poops like went all the way up his back. It was disgusting. Always. <laughs> it's just it, he never does that except for when we're in a situation where it's going to be impossible to change him. So that was uncomfortable, changing him on, a, on an airplane floor in the middle of a pandemic. But, you know, it's one of those things where you're just going to tell him when he's older and hope he laughs. <laughs> That's sort of that. You know, my best travel advice is that if he starts screaming, you should take him because people are so kind to dads with crying babies and they are so mean <laughs> to moms with crying babies. So my like when people ask, I say, if dad is with you or you're traveling with some other man. <laughs> I mean, it's terrible, but it's true. Like everyone, if you send dad by himself to stand in the back with the baby or he's sitting somewhere, yeah, it's like yeah. everyone is offering advice. You send mom, it's like totally glare. <laughs> it's like, why is your baby crying? But a dad, they're just like, oh, look at how hard he is trying. So I say that. use that I've to your advantage. That. You know, uh, some of the, sometimes I'll sit out on the front porch to just try and get him outside. And yeah. all these moms just keep, like, giving me the thumbs up. And, like, they're so enamored <laughs> with this dad who's feeding their kid. I'm just like, it feels good. <laughs> it's like being catcalled, but the dad version. But you know what? You now have a list of, like, parenting first. Okay, done that. Now I know that they poop every 10 minutes. And then you'll bring yeah. 10 extra diapers, and he will never do that again. It's true. Oh, my God. But see, now it's like you get the badge, you know, like survived the flight, changed yeah. changed a diaper on an airplane. Like, I feel like those are all badges you need to uh, <laughs> need to acquire. <laughs> I'm getting like the, the cred that I need to like hang out in the mom and dad section. Yeah, exactly. I just I mean, I feel that we should be rewarded with badges or something, right? Mom and dad are fighting should make <laughs> our own badges. Or pins. Yeah. Maybe we can get pins made. Like, and you should just get them when you successfully survive one of these situations. <laughs> All right, Michaela, do you have a triumph or a fail for us this week? I think it mostly turned out like a triumph, but it definitely felt like a fail. I sent my nine-year-old to spend the night at Elizabeth's for the first time ever. And he's a very, very anxious kid. And so I was like, he all day, he's like, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm like, hey, remember, you can come home at any time. Like, you know, Miss Elizabeth is really safe. You'll be fine. They literally live a mile away. So it was like, oh, this will be fine. <laughs> and then he shows up and he informs Elizabeth he has to go to bed at 530. <laughs> he won't eat any food. He, like, would oh, not wow. engage with anybody, and Henry is so kind and is an anxious child as well, and he was, like, sat with him and didn't push him, 
and they survived. I guess they stayed up until nine (laughs) after they went to bed at 530. So he like got here and unpacked and went up (laughs) to the room was like, I have to go to bed. And so I text Michaela and I'm like, I mean, we, Michaela and I hang out a lot and our kids are at each other's house all the time. And so Asher, this is like a second home. He's here. He knows where food is, all of this. I'm like, he's insisting that we need to eat dinner right now because he needs to go to bed. (laughs) And my kids usually go down a little bit earlier. I mean, not much. They're on basically the same schedule. It was actually really nice because Henry got a chance to kind of be, I think so often, like Henry's the one that needs help. It turned out the initial anxiety, well, Michaela texted back and said, is he sad or worried about something? And I was like, oh my gosh, it's probably that. We eat a lot of like butternut squash and things like that. We were making enchiladas with all of that inside of it. And I think he was just like, what is this? Because <laughs> uh, he's not a big fan of Mexican food. No, kind of and general. we don't, like, my husband doesn't like squash, so we don't eat a lot of squash. <laughs> so he's he had never seen it before. But the best part was when Henry went and made him a sandwich and said, are you going to eat this? Because if you don't eat this, I'm going to be really mad. (laughs) Henry made him the peanut butter, took him in and made him a peanut butter sandwich, but was like, I'm only going to make this for you if you eat it. I love that. It was fun. He Henry just like sat there with him because after dinner, then I think when it started to be bedtime, he got a little anxious. And I was like, do you want to call your mom or anything? And he's like, no, I'm fine. I was like, okay. But then he wanted to play by himself. So Henry just like got a book and they hung out. And 10 minutes later, they were playing around in there and then ended up staying up way too late. But I, they had fun. And the next morning, he was so proud of himself. I yeah. think that is the And triumph. that's definitely the triumph. I think that he he met this goal that he made for himself. And he did great. And you were so calm and encouraging. I felt like that was great, too. Like, when I was texting you, I was like, I just want him to be happy and have a good experience. Yeah, and it it wasn't, you know, it's like when kids try a new thing, a new food. I didn't make a big deal out of it when he came home. I'm like, wow, you must feel really good about that. And then life moves on because it's not something that's, I don't want to feed that anxiety. So we, you know, it was just like, oh, cool, you did this. And then you know, life moved on and they went swimming all day. So it was great. And and what a learning experience. I mean, I know adults that have similar problems. Like I'm definitely one of those people if I'm at the party and I don't know anyone, I'm just going to try and leave, you know? So I feel like these kids are going to carry this for the rest of their lives. This is like a, a character building night. I love that. Oh yeah, definitely. I think it's good. This, the spend the night thing is so hard too. I think now, like I know Michaela's in the same boat like there are so few people or situations that I personally feel comfortable with my kid you know like being away that finding these opportunities for them to do those things in situations where I feel so safe which is I mean one of the advantages since we move so much like the idea that we moved in a mile down the street from you know someone we knew and had built this relationship with and that knows my kids and and knows me is like such an amazing opportunity for them to to be challenged as well well i should just take that as my triumph (laughs) (laughs) for henry no but i'm just gonna give a little update because you know i came on the podcast and i asked where i should send the kids to school and jamila and dan basically told me to not do the plan that i'm currently doing which is where the kids are all over and then dan told me i was gonna hate the drive and so i wanted to give a report now granted it's not winter i know it's not winter and i promise to update you in winter but I am loving the driving situation. (laughs) Now, granted, Michaela has kids at the same schools, and so we do split some of the driving. So I don't have to make every trip. And Jeff is helping a lot with kind of the morning because we have two 
like people need to go to kind of two sides of the city. But here's the thing. I love that I get to listen to podcasts. I love that like about half the time when I'm picking up kids, it's just the kids that I have in the car. So I actually have a half hour with just Michaela's oldest uh, because he gets picked up a half hour in the same spot that Henry gets picked up. One day I drive with just Teddy. And then in the morning I have time with just Oliver and William who are our middles. And they are the best in the car when it's just them, I think, because normally, like, I have three, and when we're all together, we have six. Like, there's a lot of talking. Getting to see these kids' personalities and just having the time for them to just tell me whatever they want to tell me, which (laughs) Michaela and I laugh about a lot because sometimes they just go on about something that's completely not relevant to the day, but it's like (laughs) they have an adult's attention, and I just think it is, like, the best thing. And I'm getting to make some phone calls when I'm by myself, which is nice, like, just Mm -hmm. using that kind of windshield time to chat with some moms that I don't live close to now. And they're also kind of having that carpool time right about then. And it's just been a really nice after basically never being alone, having some alone time and also getting that one-on-one time with each of the kids has been like really great. So again, the driving conditions are super easy right now, but I'm, I'm actually... I'm actually really loving it. And Michaela and I have gotten really good about being like, hey, can you grab the library books? Because you're going to be driving by there. So we're also getting like like Monday bagel pickup. Like all those mundane things have kind of been worked into the schedule, Uh, um, which I love. How long are you in the car for? Too, Too long. Too long is the moral of the story. So it's like one school is like 20 minutes into the towards Denver. And the other school is what? 25 minutes yeah yeah like the middle and the little their school is 25 minutes in the other direction so the only bad day is on monday i have to drive because i volunteer at the school i drive from the school in the woods to the preschool (laughs) yeah so that's like two hours in the car yeah oh yeah there's it's, it's a lot of time but i feel like it's it's really good time and actually the the carpool time too, because we have to sit in some carpool lines. Like I bring my cross stitch and I try to just really not like be on the phone then, but like be mm-hmm. reading my book or doing my cross stitch. And it's become this like little pocket of time where I'm like, oh, I'm going to have like 10 minutes to get this task done or I'm going to do this like kind of me time doing something that I enjoy as opposed to like emailing or any of that like just taking that time and saying like I get these 10 minutes again now I can roll down the window and like the weather's nice (laughs) it's great I firmly understand that in like any day now if we're going to get two feet of snow and I'm going to be like how am I supposed to drive in this but until then I choose joy that's (laughs) (laughs) choose joy That sounds great. I mean, having alone time itself is like therapy. And the fact that you get to listen to podcasts and and just do you, that's so important and healthy. I feel like I'm learning. It's nice. We're growing up. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Before we go any further, let's take care of some business. First, please subscribe to the show. It helps us out and the show will automatically show up in your feed. So it's good for you and for us. Plus, if you want even more of our show, you should become a Slate Plus member. You'll get a whole bonus segment every single week. Here's a sneak peek of what you could hear today all about fall fun. No, it's it's really fun because the elk, they have the mating rituals and they bugle and it is the most bizarre <laughs> oh and most fun. It is really what it is. And so the- Where are you taking your kids? <laughs> We are we are staying in a in a cabin. We are going to go see the elk. We are going to teach our children about. I mean, this is like everything I love. We're going to go out in nature and teach our children about re- reproduction. Oh no! This is about <laughs> to get rated R, isn't it? Yeah. 
Not only do you get fun extra segments like that, but you'll even get bonus episodes for shows like Culture Gab Fest and Big Mood Little Mood, and you get unlimited reading on the Slate website without ever hitting the paywall again. So if you want to support us and support Slate, sign up for Slate Plus. It's only $1 for the first month. Just go to slate.com slash Plus. Slate's parenting newsletter is the best place to be notified about all our parenting content, including mom and dad are fighting, Karen feeding, and much, much more. Get all of Slate's parenting content right in your inbox every week. You can sign up for that at slate.com slash parenting email. But first, let's take a quick break. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. All right, on to our first listener question. It's being read, as always, by the wonderful Shasha Leonard. Hi, Mom and Dad. My daughter is four and has recently become obsessed with makeup. She'll secretly sneak into my closet to put on nail polish or draw eye makeup with black marker and crayon colors on her lips. I think her exposure mostly comes from seeing me doing my makeup, but maybe also from the few instances when I caught her watching YouTube clips for older kids. Also coupled with this development is a lot of talk about becoming a princess, wanting only pink dresses and loving all stickers that are pink and pretty. I grew up in a conservative household where makeup was a big no-no for young girls. But I also remember how I once stole some makeup to paint my face when I was around her age. What are the norms for you guys? Do you encourage or discourage this type of behavior? Or do you plan to let it develop naturally? I obviously want to encourage my daughter to try different things and not get distracted by looks and pretty dresses all the time. But given that she's only four, am I worrying a little too early? Michaela, since you are the sole parent of a daughter currently Lucky. among the three of us, and she's about this age, you're a little bit younger, but what are, what are your thoughts about this? I wear makeup very seldomly, but they notice when I do. Like if I put on mascara... My daughter will th follow me in, and she'll be like, what are you putting on your eyes? Can I put that on my eyes? And my boys will also ask, can I do that? And I try to keep it very gender neutral, like, you know, just explain what I'm doing. Some people like this, but don't tie it to beauty or looks or anything like, I look more beautiful with this, or it increases my self-value. I say, I like to wear it sometimes. It makes me feel more confident or... You know, some people like to wear makeup because they just like it so that it's not like girls wear this or boys wear this. And I also like to have the metacognitive talk like this does not, this is something I like to do. That's not something I have to do. Some people like it more. My sister is a huge makeup wearer. So that's more where I went through this. She would sneak makeup. My mom has a picture of her wearing red lipstick and it's all over the carpet, <laughs> all over the, so she was real into it. And my mom definitely went through the stage of saying, hey, let's explore this. There's a time, there's a place, here's your own makeup kit. This is when we wear it. But then other times, like when we're playing, we don't need to wear it. There's a time and a place 
for it. And I think that's definitely where I'm going to go with any of my children that want to wear makeup. There's a time and a place. When you go to school, it's not appropriate. I know Dan has talked about it too in the past about going, you know, you wear it, you can't wear it to school or you can wear very little. And so those are things I haven't quite gotten to yet. Amon, what do you think? Uh, I don't know. I feel like maybe you might be a little too worried for this age. Four years old is really young, like really, really young. And if it's play, it's play. So it could mean that this is just like maybe a bonding opportunity for you two, or maybe you guys can get together and she can watch you put it on and you can like put it on her and kind of have fun. Maybe it could be like a bonding activity. As far as like habit building goes, I keep telling myself not to get worried about this like three month old that I have. Like it's fine that he's doing X, Y, Z. He's not even going to remember this. I'm kind of thinking maybe I'll wait till around seven before I start thinking to myself, like the what he starts getting used to or start using might actually become like a problem. Like if he starts doing things because he knows that other people want him to do so, or if he's building up these habits where I think that he might be, it might lead to some like toxic behavior down the line. I think maybe seven, eight years old is when I'm going to start pulling him aside and explaining these things to him and being like, look, this is how, like, this is the world that we're in. Here's how these things might lead to the next thing. I worry about you. I love you. Let's try doing things this other way. But then again, I really don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> this is sort of what I'm feeling. <laughs> I mean, I, well, one, I feel like when we've had questions like this in the past, something that stuck with me that Jamila always says is like, first of all, there is nothing lo- wrong with being like, quote unquote, girly with pink and wearing makeup, regardless of what gender your child is or however they're identifying. There's nothing wrong with that. As I think what we worry about more is the motivation, right? Like, are they doing this because they feel like it's a necessity? Or are they doing this because it makes them feel good? And it's something they like, and they're experimenting with. So I think like, just on its face, there's like nothing wrong with with playing with makeup i think having conversations about why why she likes it i some things i do when i read this think that should be addressed are again michaela you said this basically like there's a time and a place and a and a space to do this and enforcing that or setting that kind of boundary like when is this appropriate i would say at this age like it's only really appropriate with you know, moms or dads or whoever in adult supervision in the same way that like we don't give the kids finger paints all the time. We don't give them Play-Doh to just like get out whenever they, <laughs> they want and squish places that this is like a supervised activity. These are the times we can do it. And it's it's a good time to start teaching some of those things like sure, you can play with all of this and see how it works on your face and how it looks. But it, it's also a fun kind of bonding time where you, you know, this is lipstick and it's cream and this is kind of what we can do with it. Versus like letting them use it like a crayon. I, j- I just think there there is an opportunity to like guide this and provide some structure. The other thing I was thinking about, though, is like how often we say in these moments, like with this makeup or we've had questions about like dressing, we say to the child, like, you can wear this if you feel good, basically like the confidence building, but you are trying not to place any emphasis on it. But like inadvertently, you're also like talking about your own image all the time, buying pretty dresses and big bows and saying like, you know, oh gosh, you look so pretty in this. This makes you so pretty. Like those kind of things that you're, you know, doing their hair, like all this stuff. But then you say like, but you can't wear makeup. 
Like, I think that's like a very confusing message. So trying to sort of get the message all together. And if she likes makeup, maybe there's a way to like get, I would also say get good quality stuff because, you know, these little kids skin is like very, not all makeup is great quality and their skin is so sensitive. So making sure that what you're using is washable and has, you know, good ingredients that are is not going to give them rashes or or anything like that. But just trying to tie in everything and not just like, you're not old enough for makeup, but I think you're cute in this dress to me is a very confusing uh, conversation instead of saying like, oh yeah, it's fun to dress up. Do you feel good when you put this on? Do you like the way that makes you look? Is this like a creative expression? Because there's, there's a lot now of the YouTube videos about makeup are about being creative and and in so many ways that's an art form in the same way that painting or or other things are and you certainly don't want to squash that but it's okay also to say like no you can't wear makeup to preschool right you can't wear it out of the house you can't whatever those rules are are for you I think also something else that struck me is like with food we don't want to say all sugar is bad and say you can never have sugar. We have sugar once a day. We have a treat once a day so that it's not put on a pedestal and not saying, no, you can't wear makeup until you're 10 or putting it away, giving that opportunity to explore it in a safe and protected way. And going back to what you said, Elizabeth, we say you can't wear this dress to preschool because you'll get it dirty. You, you're not going to wear makeup to preschool because you're playing, you know, you're playing out in the dirt or whatever, and it might get in your eye or there's like a practical reason. Yeah, that's good. not just a value reason. I liked what you said, too, about making it gender neutral. Like I had, in fact, when I read this question, I originally thought like, well, what experience, you know, do I have? I have three little boys. And then I was thinking like we... um Oliver, who's the middle one, loves having his toes painted. And so I've really been able to make that into kind of like self-care time and and spending some time teaching him to care for himself because he loves that pampering. And I think that's great. And it's something I definitely want, you know, my kids to have is this like, we need to keep our feet clean and we need to keep our toes trimmed. And if as part of that also, it's time one-on-one. Like, like some of the reason I think he likes that is because he and I are spending time together and we do this thing and we paint our nails and then we sit and we read a book while they dry, right? Like what, we could be doing anything and he might really love that. So like thinking about too, how to turn this thing that they're interested in to quality time, right? Like it doesn't have to be this forbidden thing. Like you're saying, Michaela, like it can be something that you explore together, safely tying in like other lessons. I mean, there's so much about makeup that is about self-care because if you're going to let her wear it, she also has to learn to wash her face and take it off and to be careful about how you put it away because these things are fragile. I mean, I think those are, these are pretty low stakes things to learn, learn these lessons about. I feel like I'm learning a lot. So I had for the longest time while my wife was pregnant, we all had just believed that we were having a girl. And it's because every time we went to any spot, the people always look at her belly and say, that's a girl. That's a, I know what I'm talking about. That's a girl. <laughs> so we had put it in our minds like, okay, these people probably know what they're talking about. And all the way up until the point where we, we found out what the gender was. But during that time, I had already like plotted out my future daughter's whole life. And I had already like had talks with my mom saying, never call her pretty, call her smart. Or always, yeah. like, don't ever make anything about how cute she is. Like, I really want her to to be confident in herself outside of that. The, the point I'm trying to make is it, it sort of leaks into how I'm trying to, to raise my son now in the sense where I am trying to 
to instill in his mind that it really isn't about how you look or how you dress. It's really all about what, like how smart you are and how, how good you are at putting things together and, and, and that kind of thing. Like that's where the real value in, in your life is. It's, it's sort of weird, but I feel like maybe even now my, the skin on my arms raised when, whenever anyone kind of needs to pinch his cheeks and be like, oh, you're so cute. I'm like, no, he's not. He's, he's a genius. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I, I actually have been thinking about this exact thing a lot because I agree with you. I try to give compliments, especially like to older kids, right, who can comprehend what's, what's going on, <laughs> like about the thing, like, wow, that was so kind of you. But there are also instances like when I get dressed up and I'm trying to look nice, it feels very nice to have someone tell me essentially like you made an effort and boy, it like it paid off. You look really nice. I hope you feel good. And I don't know how to turn like, because I know it feels good to receive that compliment. And when I see one of my friends and clearly they have made an effort or they bought something and they just look great. Like, and And some of that is like when you've made the effort and you feel good, you look good, not necessarily because of the effort you made, but because you feel good about what you've done. You know, you're feeling good about yourself and that reflects as beautiful. Like, how do we give those compliments without, I think, like making that the only compliment, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I love my friends because they are smart and they are kind and they are compassionate. But I also want to be able to say to them, like, you look amazing today. Yeah. You know, like you this this thing you have looks great. I I really struggle with like how do I balance that and how do I balance that with my kids? Like sometimes they really do just look so cute. <laughs> so is there a way <laughs> you know? that this uh this young four-year-old girl can play with makeup and experiment with this kind of thing without conditioning herself to feel like she needs makeup to look cute or pretty? I mean, I think it goes back to that metacognitive thing where you you just can you can only control what you can control, right? So I can talk about I do this because I like it, because I like the way it feels. How do you feel when you you know wear it? But then they see magazines, they see TV. You can only do so much and control who sees it and what their reaction. I do think Elizabeth, a great response would be. Like, you're so good about asking them, how does that make you feel? Like, how does this make you feel? And then if they say, oh, I feel pretty. Yeah, I think that that does make somebody feel pretty. Like, it doesn't, it's not like, oh, you look pretty. But echoing their feelings, repeating what they've said. Yeah, and I guess you can say, too, like, you know what I like? I like how you look so confident. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, because you've done this yourself or because you've done this i will say the asking what do you think has come from 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 years of being presented drawings that i have zero idea what they are (laughs) and you know they're like mommy look and you're like tell me about it and they're like do you love it and i'm like what do you think (laughs) you know (laughs) like oh yeah okay i that's amazing i love that you've done this and i feel like some of the like iman kind of what you're asking about the makeup is maybe that's the thing is that when they present to you their made-up face you can say what do you like most about what you just did Mm. oh i like that i put this blue eye you know why do you like that oh because of this i you know i love that you love that like that you know i love how happy you seem putting on makeup right like whatever that is or being creative like i think there are those those opportunities for that but it's hard yeah well letter writer basically we think go have some fun with makeup yeah who knows who knows if we know what we're talking about we're so thankful that you wrote in <laughs> we hope we helped maybe we just really made it <laughs> I think made we it made clear it that we're more difficult to understand <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> we're equally as confused. We're sorry, letter writer. We're sorry. <laughs> You're not here alone. I mean, fundamentally, that's what we're trying to tell yeah. you. You're not in this alone. We're all here with you. Well, if you're out there listening to us and you'd like (laughs) us to attempt to answer your parenting question, you can email us at slate.com with any parenting question. And and this is what you'll get. A lively discussion about how we have no idea. (laughs) All right. We are going to take a quick break. And back to the show. All right. We are moving on to our second listener question. Take it away, Shasha. Dear mom and dad. My husband is starting to travel for work again, but my four-year-old is his shadow and did not take her dad's first trip very well. Last night, between my 15-month-old who refuses to sleep and my four-year-old crying for him, I've gotten next to no sleep. Are there any books out there so I can get my four-year-old used to her dad traveling sometimes? She spent hours crying for him until I let her sleep on his side of the bed. I know it's okay for her to feel like this, and it's something I would expect, but I want to make this easier on her and on me. It's been an awful day. Okay, Amon, before you take it, I just, I want to say I so feel for you in this. We, as as a military family, the the military member is gone a lot, and I have definitely been here, and I read your letter, and I just say, like, my deepest empathy goes out to you. Do you have any thoughts, though, on how to lighten the separation anxiety? Yeah, this is something that I had very badly when I was growing up. My my dad worked at at night, and so all day he was in sleep. Basically, our schedules were backwards, so we didn't really spend a lot of quality time in that sense. But one of the things that was really comforting was that he would sometimes like drive me around in his car. We would have like alone time a little bit more often. That that actually really put me at ease and made me feel like I didn't I wasn't losing my relationship with my dad, and um, I think that's really where like the source might be coming from. Like you almost feel like you might be losing your father. I, I feel really feel like that could be the source. So if this four year old can spend some alone time with dad a little bit more, feel like they they still have that relationship a little bit more, and even if there's like a, a, a city with a skyline, you can almost point and be like, that's where he is. He's right there. He's going to come back. Or if there's a way to like do a phone call in the middle of the day, any of these kinds of things will make the baby feel like there's still, there's still a relationship there. Even though he's not here physically, there's still this connection that's strong no matter what's going to happen. Yeah, I still miss my dad, you know, like I, I don't I don't see him all the time anymore. Maybe I'll call him after this. I, I still have this like separation anxiety. It's not going to ever go away. I don't think I'm 32 years old and I miss my dad. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Maybe there's like a fun nursery rhyme there that you can like sing. I don't know. There, there's something there. Michaela, you have a lot of experience with anxiety. <laughs> wow. Yes. No, yes, no. I do. <laughs> Yeah, my husband has anxiety. My oldest has anxiety. My middle thinks that the oil on his skin might poison him. Aww. It's quite, quite entertaining. No, I mean, really, I was thinking to myself that we read, especially when my oldest went to kindergarten, we read The Kissing Hand, that book. And so that's helpful. Like we had an Elizabeth... Remember, we had a lot of trouble with him going to mops when mothers are preschoolers. Yeah. So we made special bracelets that I wore and he wore. So he knew every time he looked at the bracelet that mommy was wearing the bracelet and he could look at that. I don't have tons of experience. My husband works here and so he's home every night. But he has traveled for conferences. And we do like a special 
party, dinner, sleepover in our bed, even if it's often like something different, recognizing that, yes, this is different and we're going to acknowledge that it's different and then we're going to go back to regular life. But, you know, just doing things a little bit different because things are different instead of pretending everything is fine. I mean, fundamentally, some of this is just that anxiety, be it for mm-hmm. like, the. Re- I mean, fundamentally, Amon, you're absolutely right. It's about the relationship, right? And for kids, relationship is all about proximity. Like, is this person here? And what happens when they're not here? But when they get so worked up, I think, I know I get really flustered. Like, that is the hardest time for me when they're, I haven't gotten sleep, they're crying. It's hard for me to have someone gone. And so even though you haven't had like this specific separation anxiety, I think you do well with all of your kids, like in this moment of panic, kind of helping them come back down and move on. So do you have any tips kind of on on that? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely with my oldest, who definitely has anxiety. And of course, he's nine. So it's a little bit different. This letter writer has a little girl that's four. And so that's a little bit different. But things like I have his warmy, which I know Elizabeth has recommended before, and he heats it up and he uses it and it's heavy. It's a piece of weight, so a sensory piece, and that sometimes help his heated blanket. We also talk about before it's going to happen, what's going to happen, what we're going to do that's fun, and when daddy's going to come home. So we're marking off what when people are going to come home if that's... Um, my dad travels a lot and he lives with us and my three-year-olds will definitely be like, when's Papa coming back? When's Papa coming back? And we mark it on the calendar and we talk about it. We call him. We video chat so that there's some... You know, like you said, Iman, like we, we make sure that relationship is still whole because she loves her grandpa. And... But then we also... We mark it and then we have not a big celebration because that tends to make separation anxiety worse like when he comes back we're just like yay let's do something fun like we'll go get lunch or something but nothing huge and then life continues so it's just kind of a normal part of life that he's leaving but yeah that that once they get worked up it is a little bit hard and you just deal with that and i i know for myself part of it is that then i'm tired like you said elizabeth and i'm in reframing that for myself and realizing they might be picking up some of my anxiety about my husband being gone, about some of these other things. I'm really checking in with myself and how am I feeling? And again, that metacognitive piece talking about, yeah, I feel sad too. And here's what makes me feel better. Or here's, you know, I'm going to feel better when dad comes back, but what can I do in the meantime? I I think that's all such good advice. I preparation to me is such an important thing when dealing with kids in general so so that they they know what's coming and then they know what to expect during the time that dad's gone and they kind of know what to expect when he when you know the traveling parent or whoever comes back so they they understand kind of what the flow is going to look like i was thinking the first thing I wanted to say to this to this mom is like, listen, when dad's traveling or when your co-parent, whoever is traveling, it's okay to change the rules. It's okay to have everyone sleep in the bed. It's a what it's survival. At least that's how I've always treated it. It's like we the kids actually now that they're older, there's like when daddy travels protocol. Like we make really easy dinners. I do a lot of like breakfast for dinner, just like fun things with minimal cleanup, cereal for me, just because it's that's easy for me it takes away that nighttime when normally like one of us is doing you know dishes and the other person's putting the kid to sleep like so I think it's okay to kind of say we can't do things the same way the Maslow's hierarchy of new needs would say like you all need to sleep 
And if if he comes home and there's laundry everywhere and whatever, because you have a 15 month old and a four year old, it is that's okay. So I think first, just like completely (laughs) don't worry about the standards. (laughs) When he gets home, he can help with that. I totally forgot about the bracelet thing. I think that's such a good idea. I had listed two other ideas that we've used, which is that we have like we call it the sleep team. And it's like two little stuffed animals. And in the house, they live together. And they're so happy. (laughs) When we travel, what the parent that's traveling takes one and the the home family takes the other because we've also had situations where like, I take one kid and go somewhere and the other kids are here, right? So the sleep team breaks up and we send pictures of the sleep team to each other. So like, hey, what's the sleep team doing? uh, That's with with dad this is what he's doing you know here he is in dad's suitcase here he is on the airplane and just like quick text that i can show the kids right and then we take pictures of our sleep team guy at you know breakfast with us or here he is doing carpool whatever and we send those to dad and that gives us something also to talk about when they call you know like he can say oh i saw whatever the sleep team guy's name is here i did this you know You can do that with, like, making a flat version of your kit. I mean, you can get crazy (laughs) with this, right? But I think having something that is a really quick way for the parent that's traveling to send something to your phone that you can show the kid that, like, instantly says, this is something we're doing together. It, like, ties you back together. You haven't been forgotten. You know, dad's doing this thing. Here they are tucked in where dad's going to sleep. Here they are, you know, doing this. And then it's almost in some ways better than a phone call because you can pull it up and say... When they're getting uh, worked up, let's check on what the sleep dad and the sleep team are doing, you know, and then you have those those. So I think that's a good option. The other thing I really like is the Vox books. If you're if you have someone that's traveling a lot, you can record the voice reading the book and open it up and it reads to them. And I love these when we've done deployments. This is almost always like in a deployment kit that I give or that I've received is like whoever's going to travel can record this storybook. And then anytime you open it, you can hear that voice. Because again, I think it's that connection. Kids have a really hard time understanding. I think that their relationship is going to be okay when when the proximity is not close. We do countdowns with a paper chain. So I make a paper chain for longer things and we tear them off. I like that because when plans change, I can add Um, links. So a lot of times with deployments, this is maybe less relevant to business trips, but with things like that, you will all of a sudden find out that former days have been added or they're coming home two days or like things are, the chain is sort of generally, you know, shows how long we have. And as it gets shorter, then maybe you start counting it, but it's very easy to add or take away so that we're kind of reflecting, reflecting the current situation. And if you do those things, then the kids get into them, cutting the paper strips, folding them. It's like, that's something that you can do with dad before he leaves or as part of that preparation. So they see it coming. They can actually see the chain getting smaller. Those are things I like. Okay, she specifically asked for books. So, of course, I have books. <laughs> the Kissing Hand was on mine uh, list, too. I love that book. It's a little raccoon mama, and she kisses the baby's hand. And then she says, like, put it on your face, right? No, I think she, whenever you want it, you can open it up and know that I've kissed there. Oh, yes, yes. She puts it inside the hand. That's right. But the point being, this is like a a cute little thing. I also really love this book called The Invisible String that sort of says we're always connected. It's also a great book for loss because it sort of talks about that proximity is not what ties us together. We're always tied together. So I love that. There's a very cute book called Nick and Nellie that has a little girl and her dog, and they are visiting grandma for the summer, and that deals with kind of homesickness. So kind of the, the reverse of the situation, but the same idea of like, how do you deal with that? 
There's also this great book, but this one comes with a warning. It's called The Magic Box. Preview this book. If you do not want to make a magic box, do not read this book to your children. It is wonderful, and it has a great little thing for what this family does when they have a parent that travels. If you read this book to your children, your children will want to do this every time. If you are that kind of parent, it's lovely. I I love it. It's, like, very fun. The idea was already, you know, you read the book, you have the idea, you guys do the magic box. If that is not your thing, do not get this book and do not read it because your kids will be mad. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> I, I want to say one thing about the sleep team. I think that's a genius idea. Uh, I'm, I'm always, like, a big believer in giving the baby no, I'm going to stop calling them babies. I, I have a baby. They're not all just babies. But I'm a big believer in giving your kids responsibility so they feel like they're doing something, that they have to, you know, uh, hold up their end so that the the family could be good, right? So yeah. uh, I love the sleep team because it almost it balances it out. It's not just that you're, you miss your dad. Now your dad also misses you. And so that we have to get together and we have to show some support for dad because let's make sure that we have like a smiling picture with this one piece of the sleep team so that he knows that you were okay. And, and I love that. It almost feels like that's something to feel accomplished for. I had never thought of it that way. And now I almost want to cry because I'm like, you're right. Like, we're also saying we miss the parts that aren't here. Yeah. Yeah. And and the parts that aren't here miss us back. And so we yes, need to be yes. as good as we can and so that we can, you know, be strong for daddy, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Like like that. It, it really, I think, emphasizes that family that it's not just that he's left. Right. <laughs> like he's had to go in some sense. Yeah. Um, you, you know, to 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 help to help the whole family because if <laughs> i would hope that's why everyone's struggling right? he just he just situation. needs a break from you because you're you're a lot of work <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> oh gosh i love too that 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 elizabeth you had lots of ideas that were activities yeah. things that the kids can do and be busy and writing letters and doing all those things here let's make a portfolio of all the pictures you have colored while dad was gone so we can show him you know, things that mm-hmm. they're like excited to do. So it's like it, dad's leaving. Oh, yes, we get to take the we're going to go to the zoo and we're going to take our sleeping buddy mm-hmm. to the zoo. And so, so there's something <laughs> that they're looking forward to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think that especially if he's gone for a long time, the more activities, the better. <laughs> I really though want to come back to, to saying like, get sleep do not worry about anything else you want he everybody wants to return to happy healthy family not necessarily like clean house and the standards of a of of your normal situation so it's it's completely okay if i could say anything any parent out there it's completely okay <laughs> elizabeth and i are total opposites and I am, my house is functional. Hers is beautiful, but we, we still make it work. <laughs> <laughs> Bottom line is you're doing fine. You're doing No, fine. it's just a different way people function. And it's a-okay to just be like, hey, this is cool. You may have your laundry unfolded on, on, unfolded on your bed and it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I think Dan, there's, an, there's a time when Dan talked about how he went through a phase where it was just like the the laundry lived, the clean laundry lived, and they just yeah, gave yeah. up folding for a while. And I feel like that's such a good, like whatever that is for you in this moment, like t- happy, healthy, like functioning with your basic functions. I just feel like at four, like I had a four and a two-year-old just like that. And I felt like my entire life was survival. Like it was just survival. 
I had one kid running one direction, one running the other. And if dad wasn't around, then it was like dire survival. And so that's A-OK. Well, thank you so much for writing in. We we just, our hearts go out to you and, and we want you to know that you're doing a great job. Whatever it is you're doing, you're doing a great job. We hope you're getting sleep. If you have an update, like if you tried one of these things or you you came up with something else and, and it worked, please let us know. We love to get updates and keep our listeners love to hear what's going on with you as well. We feel very invested yes. in all of you. We love you. To the rest of you out there, are you looking for some truly excellent parenting advice? Well, that's what we try to do here. So please email us at slate.com. All right. Now we are moving on to the part of the show called Recommendations, where we recommend things that we love. Michaela, do you want to go first? Yeah, absolutely. I have a good recommendation that actually just kind of fell in my lap. I took the kids to the pediatrician for my boys for their yearly well check. And I just kind of had talked to Usher ahead of time and said, hey, we're kind of anxious. I'm going to talk to the doctor about it. So he knew it was coming. He said, yes, that's fine. And I talked to the doctor and I said, hey, we're having a lot of anxiety. And he, the pediatrician asked, like, how bad is it? You know, talk, adds, asked some probing questions and then said, hey, let's get you referred for our counseling list. So then I had someone from their office call me and say, hey, here are some counselors that fit. And we just had our parent intake with a counselor that specializes in childhood anxiety and it was such a good fit. Now, Asher has not seen her yet, but I'll go with him the first few times to set up a relationship and, you know, establish trust. And she was such a good resource, way more than I could, that I know anything about. And so I would highly recommend talking to your pediatrician. My insurance also has a behavioral health line that you can call because basically the first thing she said was a nine-year-old should not have anxiety like this, should not have to deal with it. And here are ways that we're going to help. We're going to sword fight and we're going to talk about our feelings and things that really gave me just relief that he won't have to live feeling scared all the time. So that hopefully will be a really good thing. But I would recommend it. Talk to your pediatrician, call your behavioral health line, get that even if you think, oh, maybe it's not on something that I need, my child needs. Learning these coping skills now helps us later in life. So we aren't the anxious people that most all of us are. I think that's a great recommendation and and could have also been a triumph because I think as a, a parent, it's so hard. Like it's easy to ask for help with the physical stuff that's wrong with our kids. But I think sometimes the mental stuff feels like, like, oh, well, is this a problem or like, how, you know, so I, I think that's a great recommendation to just have that conversation with that, that first line, you know, like if you call the counselor and it, it turns out it's no big deal. That's great. But and the, and she was real upfront with me. Hey, uh, this is something that it sounds like would be a really good fit. And they will say, hey, I don't really think that I do this, but I can recommend someone else. And everyone has been really helpful, which I was afraid that, you know, sometimes people treat you when you have anxiety, like, oh, just buck up. You're, you'll be fine. And they were not like that. So that was really helpful. That's an awesome recommendation. Amon, what do you have for us? I have uh, something that's been really helping me. Just giving compliments out for free has changed my marriage in a huge way, especially right now. I've, I've just noticed that both my wife and I are, are starting to, at the three-month mark, it's starting to, to take its toll on us. 
neither of us are like really that excited about getting up in the middle of the night anymore to feed the baby. We used to be. <laughs> we, we, we neither of us couldn't wait to get our hands on the baby, and now we're just kind of looking for any reason to, to get, I don't know, hand them off. But I just started giving my wife compliments for no reason about like. Wow, this bottle is really clean. You did an amazing job cleaning the bottles last night. I'm going to try and do it up to your standard. And she, she'll kind of think it's funny, but it's really reassuring. Because I sometimes catch myself only really speaking up now that I'm like exhausted when something's wrong. You know, uh, if something's like, oh, maybe we need to change this onesie out because the zipper gets stuck and it's really annoying. I'll, I'll also just make sure that I'm complimenting as much as I can. And I think she started to do it back and it's just created this better atmosphere. And I, and I think we're just a better family for it. I love this. Everyone go compliment everyone more. That's what we need. Honestly, give it a, give it a try. Give it a shot. <laughs> and let us know. Let us you know never know. <laughs> I'm literally wearing a shirt that says kindness matters. You look. Yes, yes. I am recommending a very fun poetry book that we've been enjoying with all all three of my kids, which I really like. And it's called Wet Cement, A Mix of Concrete Poems. And in case you've forgotten what a concrete poem is, they are poems that take the shape or embody what they are about. So they are incredibly visual. And that is so great with with little kids, especially. I um, The other two kids are enjoying these and get some of the jokes, but the four-year-old Teddy like really loves these and what I do is when we open the page I let them guess what the poem's going to be about so even though I have one that cannot read at all he can see like the icicle poem was all written going down from the top of the page you know like icicles and then the top the title was written going down the page like a giant icicle and um, the one about the clock was written like a clock so they could guess kind of the title it was it's super fun the poems are very cute and all of them have kind of like hidden like stuff that the older kids are kind of getting they have like a little puzzle to them or something to really think about but you know the time one was about like it goes on and on but we don't have enough like they're they're just really lovely each poem in this book is just two pages the title and the poem so it's completely approachable you can do two or three, you know, at just sitting around and then put it down. I think is really approachable poetry. I've really been enjoying doing poetry with the kids. I know I've talked about a few books that we've gotten that we've liked, but this one is definitely the most fun. And I think just like so inclusive, like I enjoy it. I giggle at some of them. The hopscotch poem, I couldn't quite figure out even how to read the title because it was all like, I was like, am I going from the bottom? Am I going from the top? And so it's, it's just been a fun a fun thing to do with the kids. So I recommend it. It's called Wet Cement, A Mix of Concrete Poems. And that's it for our show. So one last time, if you have a question for us, you can email us at slate.com. Please email us with any questions that you have. We love reading them, even if we don't take them, but we love hearing from you. So don't be a stranger. Email us at slate.com. Of course, you can also post it to the Slate Parenting Facebook group. You just search for Slate Parenting. Mom and Dad are Fighting is produced by Morgan Flannery. For Michaela Smith and Amon Ismail, I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.